This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me is Emilio Danello. This is our full-time show of the 1-1 draw for Fulham against Arsenal at the Emirates. Emilio, what happened in the last minute? They get the equalizer. We're going to talk all about it. We have a lot to talk about in our initial reaction show, and I look forward to getting all of your thoughts on that. But before mm-hmm. I do anything else, I told you to start the show. I wanted to to um, do an, another Russ's rant. I've actually had some people that have said they like the Russ's rant, so I'm going to do one. But this really has to do with Fulham supporters, wherever you are, whoever you are. We're all Fulham supporters. I just want to stress that. You know, it's a tough period for Fulham Football Club. If you go on social media, I've seen it. Fans going after fans. What are we doing here? Why are we going after fans? of the same team. Why are we doing this? We can have a constructive conversation about Fulham without making it, I'm going to say it, a little personal because I've noticed it on Twitter and I've noticed it also on Facebook. If you don't agree with someone's opinion, you get attacked. And again, everything is thrown out the window. I've seen a lot of things over the course of months, but just recently I've seen it really even ratcheted up even more. So I would like to just say this, I don't care where you live. I don't care who you are. We're all foam supporters. We all care about the team. We all put in the effort to talk about foam, to care about foam. We all care deeply about foam. So we're as frustrated as anyone. I'm talking about everyone in general. Everyone is entitled to their opinion on foam. I don't care who they are. Respect their opinions because we are all part of the foam fan base. We are all foam supporters. And that's the end of my rant. Over to you, Emilio. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's um, we're a global club. We've got a you know global owner. We've got a an American you know director of football. He's ultimately the one who's going to get criticised and you know bollocks for you know for what reason why we're going to likely get relegated. You know, we dead believe for a moment this afternoon. You know, oh, we did. You know, without without our fans globally, this club wouldn't be what it is. You know, yes, you've got the stalwarts like myself who go in week in week out. Yep. We watched the. 
we watch our beloved team, you know, at the cottage and a, a number of away games. But at the end of the day, it's a global club. And, you know, fans globally love this club. They see the warmth of this club. Yep. You know, we're going to have our highs and lows. We're not an Arsenal. We're not a Tottenham. We're not a Chelsea. Yep. We're just a team who have, you know, just want to, you know, the, we just want to play our football, right? We're traditionally, uh, you know, a second tier team over our 130, year history. But exactly. we've, we've had a bit dizzy heights in the Premier League for, what, 15 years in the last 18 or so. Yeah. So in the day, don't criticise fans. Pull together in times of need. And, you know, I, I support your rant for us. It's a, uh, I get frustrated when I see. That's why I don't go much on Twitter. It's all like, it's just people hiding behind uh, behind yeah. the wall. And the amount of criticism I saw at half time today, we were still in the game at nil nil. Yes, we were poor first half. We offered very little, but when you're you're still in the game, anything can happen. And exactly. we almost said, believe with seconds to go, we almost grabbed those three points. So, in the day, it's you know fans around the world pull together through time, you know, good times and bad times. That's right. In the rant when things are going, things are going downhill like they are this season. But we'll come back. We'll come back one day fighting stronger and learn from this. And so will Scott Parker if he's still the um, the manager next season. But at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, I support your rant. And just fans around the world who are watching us now, watch every show, yep. just just pull together. Exactly. Give, we are a family. Pace, you know? We are a full family. I keep saying yeah, that. Yeah. And that's what I just want to just stress this. We can disagree on – all kinds of topics, and we do that here on Cottage Talk, and it's actually encouraged. We, I want people to disagree with me. I'm fine mm. with that. Mm. Just keep it about foam and don't make it about other things. Just if someone disagrees with you about something, you know, again, they're entitled to their opinion just like you are. You and I don't always agree, yeah. you know, and that's, again, that's what also is about being a full – Fulham yeah. supporter, but a football supporter. You're not always going to agree. That's part of the, of the fun of being a supporter of any club. So I just wanted just to – I'll end my rant by saying we are all <laughs> Fulham supporters. And let's talk about something else, my friend, that again – oh, boy. Like you said, we dared to believe. It's a 1-1 draw. Mm. And, um, you know, again, this is just our initial reaction show. But, Emilio, just give me your initial reaction to <sighs> what happened here. Gut wrenching, um, devastated. That's three points we've dropped in injury time, added time in the last two games. You know, we did dare but to believe. You know, I was I was looking at the clock every two seconds. Clock was ticking. We were getting there, but it just wasn't meant to be. I, you, you still sniffed an Arsenal goal. You know, I did. You, was, you smelt it. It was coming. It was coming. It was coming. And yeah, that poor communication. I don't know if it was between Anderson and Deca de Reed or the keeper. He should have been given a shout there. Let the ball run out of play, and I think that would have been it. Ariola would have taken his time, boot the ball upfield, and hold possession. But for me, I thought we, yep, I know what Scott Parker's tactics are when you take a lead, and those three substitutions, which is far too negative. I actually would have put Mitrovic, who's a proven hold up player in that position. That's what you need. You need someone to waste time, win a few free kicks, and then you know, lose 30 seconds here and there. You know, we were too negative. You put Joe Bryan on, you put Loftus Cheek as a false number nine. We could have we could have closed that game out, in yep. my opinion. You know, with a one 0 lead, Arsenal will just you know obviously a lot of balls in the box, a lot of corners. You know, just needs a bit of quality, and they would have scored. But I thought ta- we should have made a bit more of a, a more of an assertive substitution rather than putting ten men behind the ball. And I think I think we played into their hands. We just invited yep. more pressure, more pressure, more pressure, and it was only a matter of time. I thought, and unfortunately, it was gut wrenching again. Right, so yep. we still did, we dead to believe, and it's not quite over yet. 
You know, I predict I went on two Arsenal podcasts the last couple of days and I predicted we'd win, you know, 2 1. You know, so we're almost there. We almost won the game, but it's a sucker punch again. You know, and, it is. and losing in the way we did, you've got to be a little bit more professional there and let that ball go out for a goal kick. A bit more communication, hold the ball a more up. That's yeah, we're going to talk about that, there. Emilio, because. When I watched it, and you probably heard it as well, the uh, announcers were very critical of Bobby Decadova-Reed. Yeah, yeah. Extremely critical. And yeah. if you watch it back, you know, he didn't need to do that. But, again, it's that. the heat of the moment, and I guess it's safety first. But, boy, that obviously that's where the, the goal comes first. from. Safety first. Kick it in, into touch, not, into, not for a corner. Go the yeah. other way. Go for right. it. No, don't kick it for a corner. You know, don't try right. to – you know, so it's frustrating, but it's – it's our last fifteen minute spell. We were, we were, I wouldn't say we were comfortable. You know, we it was we were battling in midfield. We, we you know we were giving the ball away too cheaply again. It was just hoofing it up. Yep. We needed a bit of quality there. Put someone on Mitrovic's quality who would hold up the play. I was expecting him Wally to come on defense, and he never came on. Win a few free kicks, waste a yep. few more seconds, all that good stuff. That's what you do. Good quality teams close games out, and unfortunately, yep. two consecutive games we couldn't close the game out, and you know we've lost. You could argue three points, but it's. It is what it is. You know, the keeper yep. didn't call for Declador Reed to let the ball go. He didn't get that call. He panicked, as you do. But overall, it's, um, you know, there was a obviously VAR got involved again. I don't, I don't oh, think it was offside per se. And so I think it was a fair goal. I think all the decisions of VAR were right today. Let's be fair. So some went, one went our way. Yep. One clearly didn't go our way. But it's gut-wrenching either way. And I think it is. these are the moments of Scott Parker when, if or likely we get relegated, then... If he's the manager next season, you've got to learn from these mistakes. You, you know, you can't. Ha- you, you're you're asking for trouble if you're trying to put ten men behind the ball away to Arsenal, who aren't. This isn't the best Arsenal team in the world. No, but you're inviting. Pre- you know, you know, we could have gone on and maybe even you know, if we had a bit more belief, we could have taken a few more chances, a few more risks, and actually maybe get a second goal there. I thought at the time we stretched them in that first twenty minutes of that second half. We had them. You know, Arsenal was struggling, couldn't get a foot on the ball. I thought, you know, sheer endeavour, we got that deserved penalty. Yeah. Comprehensively taken by Madger. And I thought a bit more belief we could have um, maybe hurt them a little bit better. But in key moments where you want to lose time, get a corner, go in the corner flag, just, you know, lack of, lack, of, lack of professionalism there. And that's, you know, that's, and that, you could argue that's why we conceded so late. No, frustrated, listen, frustrated. Listen, it's a fair point. But I do want to say this, Emil, and I think you're going to agree with me. You can't fault the effort. You no, actually, absolutely not. You no. cannot fault the effort of these players. Yeah. Absolutely. I Again, they all gave it everything that they had. You know, yeah. we can criticize moments like we're talking about Bobby Decadover. You know, obviously you can criticize the that moment, but when you look at the effort and hmm. you're questioning, you shouldn't be questioning if they cared, the players that were out there, because yeah. they gave, it everything, they gave it everything that they yeah. could against an Arsenal side. And it looked like, like I said, we dared to believe. I thought they believed. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about some elements at the very end because I definitely want to get to it. But when we look at the first half, you know, I want your analysis and then that'll lead us to VAR helping us out again. But overall, Arsenal were dominant for, I would say, probably the first 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Fulham then settled into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts about the first season? First season the first half, you actually uh, – had some interesting comments that you messaged me. So thoughts yeah, on the first half? Yeah, we were. Yeah, you know, we we hung in there first fifteen or so minutes. I think Arsenal were dominant. Uh, God knows how much they must have had eighty plus percent possession. And you know we hung in there. And I think that's you know obviously that was 
I was disappointed we didn't come out of the blocks. You know, I'd argue even our starting lineup was a little bit questionable. I think there was a lot of ra- eyebrows raised when that starting lineup was raised. Um, you know, I, I thought in midfield we were desperately light. You know, throughout that first half, and I thought you know, not having not having three packing in that midfield was a, was a, was a risk. And I thought was, you know, Lamina and yeah. and Gisa were overrun in that first first twenty first twenty minutes. Absolutely, Milo. Absolutely, there was, no, there was no cover there, and. You know, and then when you're forwards, when you you know, other Lookman, I thought Cavalero, Deco de Reed, and Madge were poor first half. Their movement off the ball, there was no movement. You know, with no passing, no, there was just no quality there. And it's like I said, we rode that storm for the first 15, 20 minutes. We slowly got into it, but you know, where where was where was something going to happen there? You saw there was nothing there. There's no quality. Our movement was was restricted. Yeah, and Arsenal were there for the taking. I thought that this was a weak Arsenal defense. This is the weakest Arsenal defense I can ever remember, and we didn't stretch them. We should have actually, put, you know, we should have stretched, and there's an opportunity to take. Take. We had our two fullbacks. We had our, you know, you know, pushing up. You had Decker Reed, Cavalera, both pacey yep. players. I don't think we 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 stretched the Arsenal defence enough in that first half, and I just thought we we sort of hung in there. You know, you could argue we got away with the VAR, but it was a correct decision at the end of the day, and we went in yep. a half time nil nil. And but for me, it's you go in at nil nil a half time. I thought he'd make some changes, bang on at half time, but obviously yep. he chose not to, and. Um, you know, but we did start the second half a little bit more positively, and we earned that right. We earned, we earned the right for a penalty, and then for me, it was a bit more adventure. If we were a bit more adventurous at times, and those t- yep. those substitutions again, it just that gripes me. And that, you know, that that's I think that's what caused us to lose the two points, not the fact that the team put in a hundred ten percent effort in that second half. So proud of the team for doing yep. what they did, but unfortunately, you know, things don't always go your way, and we got sucker punched, and it's, and that hurts. That hurts. Absolutely, Emilio. But before we talk about the second half and the key moments in the second half, and you've already talked a little bit about them, let's go back. You already brushed aside a little bit on this. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I know how you feel that you agree that this was the right call. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the right call. But when you w- look at it and, uh, you know, before we go back to the championship, we might as well say that, you know, um, I don't know if um, I haven't heard yet. I mean, I've heard rumblings that that uh var might be part of the championship home that you know again if that happens we'll see you know i haven't stayed stayed up on that but that was about as tight as you get my friend but it was the right call but what's crazy about it is it's it's inches it's inches it's the right call even millimeters millimeters and it ruins it's it's ruining the game the rules have got to change it is a neutral or if you're in a stadium as a supporter you don't want to sort of celebrate oh Let's wait 30, 40, you know, 30 seconds a minute. Wait for a decision. Is it VAR ruled on, ruled off, or ruled on? And it's just it's it's pathetic, really. It is in line of the rules. It was offside, but it was like, we're talking about a millimeter here. How can that be? Yep. How can that be a benefit to the you know the attacking team when you've got literally a millimeter of benefit? It just it's pathetic rule. But yep. whilst the rules are there, they have to be respected. And some you win, some you don't win. We didn't get so many decisions at the beginning of the season. Right, but now you know. These things tend to even themselves out. Over, I'll say that all the time. Yeah, you know, some decisions go your way, some don't. Over thirty-eight games, they tend to even themselves out, and I think we've had a bit of luck in recent yep. weeks go our way. And arguably speaking, maybe that was slight luck in our favour, but albeit it was a correct decision. So oh. it's just it's ruining the it's ruining it for the fans, especially the totally stage. How can you celebrate a goal until you actually know for certain whether it's it's VAR allows it or doesn't allow it? it, it it's 
it's it all seems to be wait for the replay and then you can celebrate. It's 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 right. ridiculous, really. It's it is, Emilio. You could even say that about oh. the equalizer for Arsenal because we'll talk about that. But coming up mm-hmm. next, we're going to talk about all the key moments in the second half, and I'll ask Emilio, who was his man of the match? Okay, my friend, let's get back to it. And you've already mentioned this, talking about the second half. You had hoped that Parker would make some positive substitutions. Mm-hmm. Well, there were no substitutions to begin the second half. Mm-hmm. But like you had already talked about, the endeavor was a little bit better, and it led to a penalty for mm-hmm. Fulham. So let's talk about this because, again, this is tight too. Very tight. Extremely tight decision. I watched this several times. If we're on the other side of this, what are we saying? It's not a penalty. I, I, you know, again, I think you can go either way on this, but he does. Again, the defender does get him a little bit, but it's very tight. Amelia. Very, very tight. So let's start with that. I want to get your thoughts on the call. Do you think that? Do you think it was the right call? I think it was the right call for the same reasons. There was, there was, my, there was minor contact there. There was contact. Minor contact. Yep. Minor contact, and it was in the key area. Well done, Lamina, getting into that in that offensive position. Uh, you know, so you know, all credit for him there. But it, there was contact there. Yep, there was contact. So in, oh, the, in the eyes of the law, it's a penalty, whether it goes your way or doesn't go your way. And like I said, we've had some go against us this season. That's one that's gone our way. So VAR, you know, thank you very much. It was the right decision. So yeah, it was a penalty for me. There was not, not massive contact, but enough to yep. obstruct. You know, put him off. He didn't go. He didn't fall over dramatically either. He just fell. The referee was, you know, made an instant decision. It was a penalty, and the VAR decision supported that. So overall, you know, good decision. But it's it's the same thing again. You you have to wait for replays and the scoreboard to tell you whether it's a decision in favour or against you. It's it's how can the sport continue like this? It's which is why this season. And yes, we're not playing particularly well, but I can't get excited watching the the, the matches on television. You don't oh, get the atmosphere. You're constantly you don't celebrate or commiserate until you get the outcome from the from the from the, the VAR, from the commentators. It, oh, it's, ruining, it's ruining the game. It's ruining the game. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I, I wanted VAR, but not like this. I mean, this no. is to the extreme, my friend, and it does ruin the uh, experience f- for uh, people watching. It, it totally does. I, I'm there with you on that part. Mm-hmm. I do want them to get the calls right, but this has gotten just way out of hand. And uh, if they're going to use it, there's got to be some middle ground because this is mm-hmm. just too extreme. But – Let's talk about the second part of this. Now, I want to get your thoughts. I'll share my thoughts. When you saw that Josh Manja was taking it and (laughs) what was going through your mind, and then, of course, he scores the goal. And it actually was a very good penalty that he took. It was very good. So thoughts on the decision that he was the man taking the penalty and the fact that he scored the goal. I was was, uh, literally pacing up and down, pacing up and down. It's like literally just – my gut reaction was no, not Cavalero, please. That was my. I, thought, I actually thought Cav was going to take the penalty. That was. I my thought maybe Bobby Jackadova Ree was going to take it. You know, I thought Cav, and then when I saw Mash, I said, "It's on." We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> what you know? What you know? Obviously, he's not. He's not been playing week in, week out. So obviously, clearly, they would have decided before the game if there was a penalty. Mash will take it. But in the day, he took it comfortably, comprehensively. You yep. know, scored well, and you know, I, I thought, okay, we're one 0 up. Got half an hour plus to 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 protect that lead, and we knew what was coming. We knew what was coming. We knew we was going to sit on that one nil lead, and yeah, you know, some of those substitutions again. I think those tactics, substitutions in particular, maybe caused the uh, us to concede late on. Yeah, you know, we could talk about this, whether it was seven minutes or not. Was well, we're going to talk about that next? But overall, he took the penalty well. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, that's you, you have to create your moments. We offered very little offensively today, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. but sometimes you, I mean, teams like Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle have won games with one chance this season. It's our turn to do the same again. So, you know, we those minutes were taking forever to run down the clock, but it's, uh, but you still smelt an Arsenal goal from somewhere. Yeah. You smelt oh. it. It was, it was, it felt like it was coming, coming, coming. But that clock was ticking, ticking, ticking in our favour. But, those those back to back corners towards the end is like one of them is, is potentially going to hurt us and it's just right. it's, it's gut wrenching it's gut wrenching yeah. it is my friend we're going to talk about that in just a second we'll talk about the goal and, and actually we have a couple of comments that want us to talk about the whole situation was it offside you know and again the I thought the announcers uh, did, did a decent job of explaining it but we'll talk about that because again VAR is involved and we'll mm-hmm. talk about the decision for for. Um, what happened at, at the very end of the match. Mm-hmm. But let's start here. Why seven minutes, Amelia? Why I, seven minutes? I predicted that, six. Th- I predicted I, six. I thought five. You I thought, thought six. Six substitutions. Yep. You had Lacazette injury, Ariola cramp, Anderson cramp. To be honest, I know a lot of fans, obviously Fulham fans will get gutted, will be gutted that where the sevens came from. But there was a lot of breaks in that second half. Yep. All the substitutions were taken. What is it? Thirty seconds per substitution. That's three minutes alone there. Yep. Ariola, you know, with a bit of cramp. Anderson had cramp. Yep. If you're um, watching Anderson, live, how much time we, did you think it should have been? Because I said, I've already got comments. So. I said six. I thought six. I thought okay. six would have been fair. I was expecting six minutes because of the the VAR decision for the penalty yep. that consumed some time and effort as well. So all these half a minute here, half a minute there, they all add yeah. up. So I thought six minutes was fair. Seven, it's a bit steep. To be honest, but it's, let's not reflect on why six or why seven. It's it's the I think it's a tactical substitutions that played in Arsenal's favour, and that's that's the key thing yep. for me. If we had the right substitution, we should be absorbed and close that game out, whether it was six minutes or seven minutes. Why didn't he bring Mitro on, Emilio? Mm-hmm. Why didn't he bring on Mitro? That's that, that was that was my point earlier. I, I thought putting on Loftus Cheek, I, I would have put Mitro on. You know, you play to his strengths. Long ball, he can hold it up, force us free kick from the opposing. It just uh, tactically was it was all over the place. And it was like, Joe Bryan, why bring Joe Bryan on? Sorry, I'm not his biggest fan, you know that. Yeah. Why the hell are you bringing Joe Bryan on? What did he offer? Other than conceding three free kicks. And I was counting. <laughs> I was counting. You know how much I love Joe, Joe Bryan. Yep. Three unnecessary free kicks you conceded. Yep. And it almost did what he did against um, Paul Pogba against Man United. Did yep. you see Saka's shot? Just went on top, yep. just went wide at the top of the bar. Why, Joe Bryan, you stood off him, just like you did with Paul Pogba, and he scored a great goal two months ago. So why the hell are you putting Joe Bryan on? Sorry, it's bad decision. Bad decision. So yeah. overall, those, those substitutions played into Arsenal's hands, whether it was, like I said, five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. We can argue whether it was offside or interfering with play, but... Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not criticizing necessarily the amount of time and in added time because at least six were warranted. Okay. Incidents. Let's be let's be neutral here as fans. That's not what we, don't be biased. Okay, not a problem. And just so you know, we're getting a lot of uh, comments about the tactics, and we can talk about that as well, my friend. But let's get to it. Let's talk about the. I wouldn't say controversial moment because again, this was looked at, but the equalizer from Arsenal, and. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had comments that, you know, and I'll share one in just a second, but I just want to want to pull this up and I want to talk about 
talk about the goal, the equalizer for Arsenal. Just just thoughts on this, Emilio, and then we'll talk about any controversy that goes along with that. Look, I'm no I'm no expert on offside rules and all this sort of stuff. So I'll, I'll reserve that to, to Steve Lydia, who's obviously a better judge of character, but decisions like that. But yep. you know, if the rule, I think the rules, some something along the rules say that if you're not interfering, did did the player interfere with the goal? You know, the, the was it Rob Holding who was sitting in front? It was, was it was Rob Holding, and the announcers I watched, and I don't know if it was the same that you got, basically said that. He wasn't in the way. He wasn't affecting it, and that it, the goal should count. That was their opinion of the broadcast mm. I watched. Yeah, and similar to me, as though it's, you know, if that in the old days that would have been offside a few many years ago because he was interfering with play. The, at the point the ball was crossed, he was interfering with play or in offside. That would have been given a straight offside. But the rules seem to have changed over the last couple of seasons. And again, I'm no, I'm no referee. I'm no judge yep. of. VAR rules or offside rules, Steve Didier's better position than me. But right. if he wasn't deemed to be interfering with play, we didn't clear the ball again. It's the same thing again. I don't think he got in the way of defending or clearing the ball. Right. Bit of luck, the ball fell to the, into the right feet. But it's the moments leading up to that. Again, it's not, I'm not going to get stressed about the equaliser. It's more the tactics, it's the substitutions. The lack of a call for Deca Reed when he conceded that unnecessary uh, uh, corner. Yep. Clear the ball forward. Don't clear in the, don't go clear it backwards. For goodness' sake, it's just use your brains. I think sometimes under pressure, we don't always make the right decisions in any business. I sometimes make yep. mistakes at work, but yeah, of course, sometimes decision making this season has let us down across the board, and you know and that's why we are where we are. But overall, it's all those fine moments leading up to that. So don't just look at the the goal, the gut wrenching goal we conceded. I just thought if we chose a better sequence of substitutions, I think we would have held on better. And we wouldn't have seen hundreds of crosses thrown in, in, a, in the penalty area, corner after corner, cross after cross. Oh, it was only matter of time before one of them goes in the back of the net. It and, was nerve wracking, Amelia. You know, you know what it reminded me of that match against uh, Manchester United, where we got the draw with. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but it was hmm. cross after cross after cross, and you're yeah. just holding your breath. And as you said, I just felt the goal was coming. The longer we went. When I saw seven minutes, I'm like, "Oh, this is this has nightmare written all over it." Yeah. And of course, that's exactly what happened. But if we go back to why there was not offside, and uh, I'm seeing comments of people saying, and also our, our friend Chris saying it was offside, because I still think it was offside. Okay, but again, if you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, like you said, Emilio, and again, I can't fault the effort of Bobby Decadover Reed. He made a mistake here. It opened up this situation to happen. It just did. I'm just pointing fact. It's not opinion. It's fact. If he clears it, like you said, or or you know, in a safe area, or if, if you know, if it's, it's dealt feel. with, if it's dealt it's with differently, then it's a goal kick and potentially match over. So. Yeah. Again, that's where this all begins. Then they get the goal, and credit to them, they got the goal. And we, like I said, we can argue about the offside. But what it really goes back to is what you said, Emilio. It does go back to the tactics. It goes back to sitting deep. It goes back to the the approach. Now, the announcers were saying they thought that the players were making the decision to sit back deep. I don't know if that's true or not, but they were. They just kicked getting deeper and deeper. And we've, and we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. This is Arsenal. They're, they're playing, not Blackburn, for God's sakes. Okay? Yeah. 
This is Arsenal they're playing. You are just asking for trouble. And yeah, and exactly again, put the you know you got you take the lead. You know with it, with thirty minutes plus added time to go. You know there's you know we've got obviously a reasonable defense. You know you know bench. You know some players in almost like game changes, but they can you know bring some fresh legs and change it around a bit. But you know Harrison Reed, yes, right decision. Put him in the middle of the park. Lookman's just come back from a hamstring, so he's still probably feeling that. So you know tactically that's the right thing to do. Lookman, I thought was. Was was our best offensive player in the first half? Don't forget, he's just come back from a, from a hamstring knock, so right. it was the right thing not to risk him further. We packed the midfield and we looked we looked a bit more organised, didn't we? Reed coming in, we tightened up in that centre midfield. But for me, it's you know bringing on Joe Bryan and Loftus Cheek as a false number nine. Sorry, that's that's just Scott Parker. I'm, you know, you've got to be shocked for that to be honest. And Emilio, I don't mean to single him out because he is a polarising figure, but I thought. Loftus cheek offered nothing. He offered nothing, and there was a moment where I think he passed the ball. He, ball went out for a court, uh, a, free, uh, a throw in when he poor, you know, had a poor touch. But you're putting him in a position that he's not comfortable with. You've got right. you've got the right player there. Play him there. Lob, lob the balls up to Mitrovic. Put him in the yeah, position really to succeed. Good. Yeah, playing for 10, 15 minutes. Do what he does best. You lose time. You win free kicks. Yep. You get thrones. All that good stuff. You know, just you know what? You know, bully the bully the Arsenal defense. What did Loftus Cheek offer? Nothing. No, and that's not a criticism of him. That's a criticism of Parker for you know, no. putting you in that false nine position. And no, Joe Bryan, decision making. Why the making. hell are you making. Joe Bryan in? Do you yep. pack in the centre of your defense? Just poor decision. Poor decision. Okay, very good. Like I said, three free kicks, and he nearly let Zappa score a goal. Um. Mm. Emilio, this was really just one huge soccer punch. And, it, was, uh, it was. You know, was. listen, their chances of staying up are slim, and we knew that going in. Mm. Does it keep it alive a little bit? Of course it does, because it's still another point. But now you got to beat Chelsea. I, I thought if you <laughs> want to be in the conversation, you have to win one of these two. You now know, you got to beat Chelsea. We're relying – it's out of our hands. In oh, it's, it's completely it's – completely, Yep. Even if we win every game, it's still no guarantee we're going no. to stay up. So to no. be honest, it's you know Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton away—all games you'd expect to win. But you know these three points that we've dropped in the last two games. If we did secure those, then yes, you could say we're back in it, and you still got Burnley to play at home. But yep. we can't keep relying on other teams to beat Burnley and Brighton. They've, they've got poor run-ins. We said I said it what two three weeks ago. Newcastle yep. don't don't rule Newcastle out because. You might think they're playing poorly, but they they, they can score goals. And look, they've got yeah. seven points out of nine. They've yep. got themselves out of trouble. Yep. We, again, we. The, I think what we haven't discussed today as well is just simply the. Um, I think the, the, the starting lineup. Yep. Again, you know, yep. first, I was. Uh, you, know, you know, I forgot to ask you that. So, so starting lineup. Surprise! So, I was surprised. So by let's that. go. So let's go back and and, and I'll get your mm. thoughts on that because I thought about that while we were doing this. I did not ask you mm. your thoughts on the starting eleven. You know, yeah. I'm just again, I, I was expecting a more positive, you know, give it something, play something a little bit different. You know, Scott Pye doesn't know what he wants to do. Now, this is why I'm starting to starting to question, you know, what's he trying to do, Scott Parker, here? One minute you're playing Mitrovic. I don't think he had a bad game against Villa. Didn't have any service against Wolves. Now you're on the bench against Arsenal. And I, I would have played, so I understand why Mitrovic, obviously dropped, I would have expected him to have someone like Madger alongside him. Stretch the Arsenal defence, Use our pace to good 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 effect, and use Mitrovic and and Madjan in that in that penalty area to link up. Well, I thought we should have been a little bit more a little bit more positive, direct, and assertive. But unfortunately, he went for a slightly different tactic. 
like I said, Madger, Cavalera, and Reed did yep. pretty much nothing first half. Right. And to be honest, Decadova Reed has been poor since he's been returned since he's been back. I don't I can't remember one one positive thing Decadova Reed has done since he's returned from injury. So you know, we criticise Cavalera, but I think BDR has been very very poor since his return. And yeah, and you know, I, I was surprised by that lineup. Loftus Cheek, I can understand maybe being subbed, but I would have, I would have wanted to see a like a traditional four four two or have two men up front right. and try something a little bit different. But you know, Scott Parker clearly doesn't want to play that way. And whilst he's our coach, we're never going to see that style of football. Mitrovic is out the door at the end of the season, so it's let's 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 think about. Can I just say this, Emilio? Because what you're describing, and I said in the preview show, and I actually said this as well on a show that actually went over on the Peacock Network that actually was a preview with Robbie Savage, of all people. Uh, They asked me to do a video. And in the video, I basically said that Scott Parker should go 4-4-2, play two up front, and just go for it. Yeah. And he refuses to do this. And – I'm sick and tired of this term I'm going to give you, but this is a this is not a good term that I'm going to give you. <laughs> we are who we are, and yes, we we are we, we we do not show another side of us. We are who we are. We you know again, we are in the make of what Parker wants. This is what Parker wants. He's conservative in nature. At times, you should show that other aggressive side of you. But he just refuses to do that, Emilio. Mm. So if I have a criticism of Parker, and I do here, is that with six games left, now it's five, you have made the decision to just play with Arsenal. Again, I think he put out a lineup that he, I think he thought had some pace. But again, mm. it was not an aggressive lineup. No, no. It was, not, it, 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 was, it was to play the way that it played out. To nick a goal, Emilio. Yeah. To get a nick. penalty. Yeah. It actually exactly. played out probably the way that he envisioned. Yeah. And again, we got away with it in the championship. You do not get away with it at this level. Yeah. So he deserves criticism for his decisions on the starting eleven. I, listen, yeah, I said yeah. he he knows his team better than I do. He, you know, he picked it for a reason. Let's go for it. But the thing about it looking back at it now, I know it's hindsight 2020 is that this was not aggressive. He's not aggressive. He's not going to change who he is. So this is, you know, we're just going to have to deal with it because this is, you know, I think the time is to make a change. You believe it's time. You think it's time to change. Look, neither of us were his biggest fans when he got the job a couple of seasons ago. No, I'm not saying change him. I'm not saying change him. Change tactics. Change, change tactics. tactics. But that's what I. That's what I meant. But the problem is, he's not going to do it, Emilio. No, he won't. He won't change. He's not going to change. That's you know, he'll he'll learn from this season. This season, I'm I'm not going to criticize him until we did the show last week where we yep. did we measured who who gets criticism criticism and what ratios. But at the end of the day, he, he, you've got a certain style of football. You know, he's yep. he's had COVID to deal with. I'm not making excuses for him. Don't so fans don't get on my back here, but. COVID, COVID has, COVID has been an issue for Fulham. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. It has been an issue. I know other teams have been affected by it. Yeah. Newcastle won. It has affected Fulham. And Giza has never been the same player, Million. No. We don't know for sure if he's one of them. We think it is. There have been players that have not been the same. It yeah. affects your lungs. And it, of course it's going yeah. to affect footballers. And if yeah. you don't Parker's think it does, then I, I, I have – you know, I, I don't know what else to say. Is, do we think he's got 
I mean, this goes back to the show we did last Sunday. You know, do we think he's should he stay in the job? I, you know, I, I said last week he should. He should be given the chance to bring the team back up. But unfortunately, I think he should as well. You're going to see the same well. same tactics, same style of football. You know, it's it's not pretty to nope. the eye, but if it got us, it got us rewards last season when we got promoted. But this season, it's a, it's massively a step too far. And you know, he doesn't. You know, this he's got to learn. Now, whether you give young managers a chance to learn and just suck up the good and the bad times that you're going to see, or you turn and you change. But if, then I ask the question, if he goes, who's going to come and who's going to take the job in, right. in this contier? I think give him, a, give him the chance, give him some, reinforce the team. But I think we've got to rebuild. That's what I said last Sunday. I think with this, this, this team is going to be significantly different. Next oh, season. I totally agree with that. I a, totally because agree. of the loan signing and also those legacy players that we've got, they'll all move on. So we yep. have to rebuild again. Where that may take a couple of seasons to rebuild, I don't know. We have to wait wait to the summer. But I don't I don't think he'll go. I don't think he'll go. And I don't see another Premier League team poaching him either. So in which case he'll the right thing he'll do is stay put, work yep. with the owners and and give ourselves the best chance to uh, get promoted next season. But it's gonna be a long couple of seasons. Yeah. It, it, well, we are likely to go down, but it's still still not sort of mathematically over yep. yet. So I'm still I'm still No, it's not. It's not. But it goes back to this and I'm, and I am sharing this comment from our friend Gary Cooper. Gary, mm. thank you for joining us t- today. Parker changed nothing in the mm. approach to these important games. So expect nothing for the last 5 games. Gary, I'm there with you. That's why we're talking about it. I agree with you. And I think that's the problem here. I back him for next season, I want him to be the manager. I want him to do what mm. you just said, Emilio, learn from this season. Yeah. But if we are to expect him to go 4-4-2, we are kidding ourselves. No, if no we problem. expect him to have an aggressive approach coming out of the box, we are kidding ourselves. This is who they are. He wants to win 1-0. He wants to beat Chelsea 1-0. And I'm just telling you, it might work in the championship. It's not going to work as frequently in, in the right. Premier League. And you're mm-hmm. just setting yourself up for what we saw today. This was classic. you know. And I'm going to use the term, the Fulmish podcast. This was completely Fulmish. Okay, this was yeah. completely yeah. Fulmish. I've seen it too many times. I actually saw it in a match that I went to against Reading when I came up in 2012, a crazy 3-3 match, mm-hmm. and they gave up a late goal. And it happened a lot under Martin. Yo, I remember yeah. that. We were like, yeah. why did they give up so many late goals? This has been a trade of form for as long as I know. So, yeah. so, so. Anyways, we do, we should wrap up this show, my friend. Give me your man of the match. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Who's your man of the match? I'm curious. Uh, it's difficult to say. The defensively, we the Tosin didn't make many mistakes. <clears throat> I, to be honest, I'll probably give it to Ariola. He made a couple important saves when it counted. You know that yeah, he did from Pepe's header. That you know he you actually see. He actually moved his feet to actually palm, palm, you know, palm that away. So I'll give it to either him or Lamina. I think Lamina, I thought, had a decent second half. He looked strong. He won the penalty. He looked a little bit more offensive. But uh, and again, it's, I'm a struggling. I'm struggling to find out. I'm probably going to say Ariola number one for keeping us in the game yeah. and Lamina for showing a bit more offensive prowess and obviously winning that penalty as well. Yeah. No, listen, I, I, I hear you. Um, our friend Chris says, Mario Lamina and – Again, it goes back to you need players like this that just give you effort. And mm. and honestly, the way that he reacted after the last match, mm. I really think that he's taken the form to the opportunity that he was given and wants form to stay in this division. Like, yes. like we said, Emilio, I can't fault the effort of these players. What I can fault is the approach. And that doesn't come from the players. Mm. That comes from the manager. You, you can say that, that the players might 
as the match rolled on, maybe they were sitting deeper and deeper. Maybe that was on them a little bit, but it's also the tactics, the substitutions. It was to win one nil. Yeah. And it backfired in the end. And again, it backfired, I mean, and Parker yeah. deserves criticism for it. Yeah. That, that's my issue. Know, those substitutions. Even if you put Mitrovic, he would have been able to, in the, in the penalty area, defending those corners, defending those balls in the box. And that's, that's the thing for me. It's like I said, where was Loftus cheeked in the penalty area, defending those corners? That's why you, you put someone of that ilk, put someone like Mitrovic on there. The game would have been different. We would have actually won that game. But the fact that, you know, it's not, it's, I think the decision making, again, that, that's cost us today in various positions, but it is what it is, right? We can't reflect on one game. It's 30, what, 33 games? Yeah. You know, we've dwelled on this for, on, on all season. There's the same old themes. It's just, you know, let's just, let's just get relegated yep. and let's rebuild. That's the yeah, best. Exactly. Let's get exactly. And here's some comments about us talking about Scott Parker. Our friend Stina says, I, I think Scott should stay. And here's another co- comment. I hope Scott stays, but you know, and again, he's going to be a, a lightning rod as well. Should he stay? I'm going to say right now, and you agree with me on this. You've already said it. I think he should stay. I think he should stay. And I think after this season, everyone has to take a hard look. I'm going to say it again, because for whatever reason, there's been this misconception of me agreeing with everything that Tony Khan has done. That's not true. That's absolutely false. I've mm-hmm. criticized him a great deal. He deserves a lot of criticism for the team that he has built. You know, when you win, lose, or draw as a team, everyone is at fault. We, also, Parker, mm. I said Shai Khan, the players, everyone deserves a look at. They need to self-evaluate. Tony needs to evaluate himself. Shai Khan needs to evaluate yeah. himself and say, did, did I make all the right decisions? Everyone does. Everyone Parker has to, like you said, learn from it. He needs to self-evaluate his job. The, the other coaches and the players, it's on all of them. Because mm-hmm. when this season's over, if they don't evaluate their own performances, we're going to have the same crap next season. I yeah. hate to put it that way. Exactly. But it's, we said it last week. I, th- I think it's going to be a couple seasons. I, I don't think we'll do a Norwich next year. <coughs> Norwich have essentially, you know, Norwich went down with a wimp last season. But they've broadly stuck the same squad. Yep. Some reinforcements, and they've obviously kept the manager. And look, they've, they've, they're they're top of the table by what eight points? You know, I don't think we'll do that because we've got too many lone players who will go back to their parent clubs, and a lot of our legacy players who aren't good enough at this level will be we need to move on. And like the likes of Cabano, Bettinelli, no. Johansson, we said it last week. They they need to move on. Joe Bryan, they all need to move on. Tim Ream, move on. Yep. Let's rebuild, create a yep. new structure, new philosophy, and build a platform that the club could get promoted and stay in the Premier League without wholesale change. That's got to be the vision. And whether Tony Khan or someone else comes and does it, I don't know. But it's if we keep with the same structure now, it's going to be the same old, get promoted. Well, here's the thing, Emilio. And I said this before, and I agree with everything that you're saying. When I'm talking about self-evaluating, I think they all have to come together. I'm talking about management of Fulham Football mm. Club, the board. And uh, if Tony's there, he obviously mm. is included in this. They have to figure out who they are. Yeah. There has to be a Fulham way, and it has to transcend throughout the team in the academy. They have to do what Southampton have done. Southampton has a way of doing things. Fulham mm-hmm. should have a Fulham way. It can't be season to season bull crap like this yeah. because that's what this is. This is this is living season by season. Stop it. Enough. Mm-hmm. Have an identity. They don't have an identity. Their identity is to be Fulhamish, and I'm and honestly. I don't like that identity. I want a team that has a plan. Mm-hmm. They are rudderless 
with no plan. Yeah. So, so, and that criticism goes to everyone. That includes Shad, that includes Tony, that includes Parker, that includes the players. There is no plan. It's a rudderless <laughs> team right now. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm going off on, a, on another Russ's rant to end the show. <laughs> All right, my friend. Any final thoughts before we go? It's look. There's still five games. There's not. There's there's nine points that we can earn. That they may not be enough. It's unlikely to be enough. Thirty six points is is unlikely to be enough. But let's keep hoping. Man United are playing. Burnley are they playing at the moment? I can't remember what time are they playing? Are they they're in- playing right now. I'm watching it as we speak, Emilio. But when is it? Nil nil. It's nil nil. But Manchester United have had had a lot of good opportunities to score. So I, I have a good feeling about play. this. But but Burnley seems to find ways to get points. So who knows? Yes, yeah. Exactly. And, and maybe, again, it's, it's how we respond. We've got two weeks till the next game. Chelsea away will be even will be tougher than today. So yep. it's all we can do is hope. Keep praying. Keep hoping. Who knows? Miracles happen. As I said, it's not, it's not 100% certain we're going down. We're likely, if we had those two points today, even more likely. But that's, uh, I'm going to keep as optimistic as you possibly can when yep. you're down in the wire, looking highly unlikely. But what it was interesting today, and one of my last comment is, I'm not going to name names on here, but the amount of criticism I saw at halftime on Twitter was appalling. Yes, it was some of it was warranted, but you're away to Arsenal, nil-nil, still in the game. And the amount of criticism, you actually go and do searches at halftime from people that we know. Disgraceful. I will. Disgraceful. So it's, at the end of the day, it's, people are entitled to their opinions. Right. You know, so it's, let them do what they want to do. But it's, I'm frustrated seeing the negativity of our, so-called friends and fans that we have regular communication with. That's crap we don't need. If you don't like it, you can block me, guys, because I'm getting fed up with it. That's my rant as well. Well, (laughs) Well, Emilio, like I said, fed up with it. Everyone, everyone, um, Mm. sorry about that, Emilio. Everyone has a right to their opinion, as I said, but there is, let's just say it, there is a ton of negativity. And I understand it because of where Fulham are, but here's the rub on that. Even when they're winning, there's a ton of negativity. So, so there and are people winning. You don't hear those people. They go quiet. They yeah. hide. They go under the covers. They suddenly wake up. A bit like Tony Khan. When you win, you hear him. When you lose, you don't. Same with a lot of fans that yeah. we know. It's just, well, it's just, it's just, it's very boring. It seems it's same old, right. pro- same old themes. It's like let's just let's move on, guys. If you've got nothing better to think about, then good luck in your lives. Basically, okay, fed up with it, really. Sorry, and that's, that's that, and that's, that's actually. Nope, that's a good way. We actually mm-hmm. ended on an Emilio rant, so I, I think I think we need to incorporate that back into Cottage Talk. I like that. I, I like Emilio's rant. All right, <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my great friend, Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.